Welcome to the Bronx Cheer Basketball Show. I'm your host, Nathan Callanan, and as always, I'm joined by my co-host, Jack Lynch. We're coming to you from Melbourne, Australia, where it is currently 5 p.m. on Monday, the 21st of September. Before we get into it, if you're new to the show or even just new to podcasts, we are on all podcast apps. So whether you're on Spotify, Google Podcasts, uh, Podchaser, Pandora, any of those We're on all of them, and especially if you are on Apple Podcasts or iTunes, don't forget to leave a review and a five-star rating. It really helps the show, and it's really appreciated. We're also on social media. Our Twitter handle is BronxCheerBball, and on Instagram and Facebook, we're simply the Basketball. On today's show, we will be breaking down the huge failure of the Los Angeles Clippers and how they went down after being up 3-1 against Denver. We'll also look into the Denver and Lakers series and and give our thoughts on that. And we'll also, of course, go and look over at the East, the Boston and Miami series, and see how that's been going. It's going to be a great show. It's time for tip-off. Ladies and gentlemen, Once again, welcome to the Bronx Sheer Basketball Show. As always, I'm joined by a Celtics fan who I thought I was going to come on here and he was going to be a bit sad, but I think now he's a bit optimistic. How are you, JL? Yeah, you've, you've got me, uh, well, you know me too well, I think, at this point. Um, I was I was expecting as well to be coming on here quite miserable, but a uh, miraculous Game 3 win, and uh, I'm feeling quite chirpy at the moment. That's it. Well, we'll get into the Celtics and the Heat later on. First off, let's just congratulate Giannis Antetokounmpo. Since we last spoke, he has been awarded his second straight MVP award. Um, pretty simple. He deserved it. I think we... You agree on that one? Yeah, he's done, did all the hard work throughout the regular season. So uh, his his name was on that trophy from uh, well, quite early on in the season, I think. And uh, the, the playoffs and the bubble don't really change that. Well, as I will continue to reiterate with how I judge uh, awards, I personally don't really think that awards are... Awards are just crap most of the time, but as you, and and you said the key words there, regular season, it's judged on, um, you know, his performance of the eighty-two games before the playoffs, and he was clearly the best. His team was the best, and that's normally what gets you the MVP. There was a second-placed LeBron James. LeBron, uh, what's his middle name? What's his middle name? Raymond, I think. Raymond. LeBron Ramon James was pissed off, quoting him, that he only received 16 first place votes compared to Giannis's 84. Good old LBJ wasn't too happy, but as I'm saying, awards are awards. 
what can you do? Everyone heard my trash talking last <laughs> week of Giannis and how much I don't, I think Giannis is a bit overrated, but this is what's important. The right now, same thing again, awards are, they're not black and white. They're not to the book. They're, they're narrative driven in the NBA, especially. Yeah, that's it. So moving on, I'll just fly, fly through the all NBA teams that were announced the first, second and third team. The first team, all NBA, James Harden, Luka Doncic, Giannis Antetokounmpo, LeBron James, and Anthony Davis. That was the first team. And in the second team, Damian Lillard, Chris Paul, Kawhi Leonard, Pascal Siakam, and at centre, Nikola Jokic. And third team, Ben Simmons, Russell Westbrook, Jason Tatum, Jimmy Butler, and Rudy Gobert. Some people talked about some snubs of maybe Joel Embiid, Bradley Beal, Middleton, and and maybe even Devin Booker. Did you have any thoughts on any of these, JL? No, nah, not really. I thought as a whole, the teams were quite accurate. Um, the only one that sort of jumped out to me initially was Pascal Siakam making second team, but I think that might have been my my bias is watching him struggle in the playoffs and in the, the initial bubble in the seeding games. But looking back, he started the season so well and uh, didn't finish as well as he started um, before the bubble. But I think yeah, he was either going to be second or third, so that doesn't really matter. The rest of it all looks pretty good. Um, I think Westbrook got a lot of criticism, but um, I, again, that was because of what happened later on in the season, whereas in the regular season, he had something like the most 20-point games in a row he's ever had in his career. Um, he was just playing exceptional basketball. So I think overall, I was I was happy with him. And we don't often mention the outside the NBA, but there's a former NBA player in this past week who has been banned from the Chinese Basketball Association for a couple of Instagram stories <laughs> that he put up. Now, let me read this. Let me read this to you. What Ty Lawson, the former Denver Nugget uh, long stay player, what he put up on Instagram. Uh, first off, a black photo, just black with white text. Chinese, I think he means women. Do you think he means women or woman? Because he spelt it with an A. I'm assuming women. I read it as yeah. women, but... Yeah, I, re- I I think it's women. But anyway, he spelt it with an A. Chinese women <laughs> got cakes on the low. <laughs> dot, dot, dot. Might switch up my stance soon, lol. <laughs> um, and then the next story he had was a photo of him taking like a, a mirror shot of him... Um, how do you say having intercourse with a with a woman? <laughs> well put. <laughs> with the caption YOLO, I guess, lol. <laughs> so I don't know if he was kicked out of China, but he was banned from the Chinese Basketball Association. It hasn't been a great year for the NBA in China. I don't know. So <laughs> how did you take this one? Well, I mean, I and you said it as well earlier. Ty, I love Ty, Ty Lawson, and so did you. Um, he was such a good player in Denver and then just absolutely <laughs> fell off a cliff. His body sort of slowed down. He got a few DUIs. Um, I think there were some other troubles there. He's been shipped to China and now and now this. Uh, not the career that anyone sort of expected. <laughs> um, and just he's gone out in true Ty Lawson fashion, I think. Chinese woman got cakes. <laughs> what, wow. um, and... I just want to clarify to any of our listeners that we're laughing at him. We're not laughing with him. 
this is totally not acceptable. There's uh, objectifying women is not on and all that stuff. But it's funny, he can be so stupid to post <laughs> uh, something like that. He's such an idiot, but that's a Ty Lawson we all know. Moving on to the serious stuff. I can't believe I didn't actually mention it before, but you mentioned the best player in the world, LeBron James. And I'm coming on this podcast a bit red in the cheeks because as our listeners know, and especially you know, I've been calling Kawhi Leonard the current best player in the NBA. And this uh, this brings us into <laughs> what happened uh, just after we last spoke when the Nuggets and the Clippers went into Game 7. I said, surely not. Surely the Clippers will get this done. And I was saying all year that the Clippers will win the championship. And... Do you want to say what happened? <laughs> because I, I don't want to say what happened. The Clippers just uh, absolutely capitulated. There's no other way to put it. That was an all-time collapse if I've ever seen one. Game seven, Denver won by 15 points, 104 to 89 the Clippers put up. Uh, Murray had 40 points on 15 to 26 from the field, 6 of 13 from three. Jokic had a big night as well. But it was really about, and this whole collapse was about the Clippers and what the hell went wrong. They're supposed to be a championship contender. Kawhi Leonard played 44 minutes and PG played 39. They combined for 24 points, JL. 10 of 38 from the field, 4 of 18 from three. Scoreless in the fourth quarter, the two superstars. I've never seen anything quite like it. And I've got it up here with three minutes, 25 to go. In the uh, second in the second quarter, the Clippers lead Denver fifty four to forty three. So unbelievable! If I want to do some quick maths here, the, to finish the game, it was a sixty one to thirty five run. If my maths is correct, I've never seen a team be so stagnant. Just put up brick after brick. Even their open looks like that. The the so memed one of Paul George shooting that three to the side of the backboard. Whatever could go wrong did go wrong for the Clippers, and it was just. As someone who's A, been arguing with Nathan all year about the Clippers not being very good, <laughs> B, not liking the Clippers in general, and C, being in the LeBron over Kawhi camp, it was just beautiful to see. The dot points here in front of me go on and on. Doc Rivers blew the 3-1 lead for a third time. He now owns 23%, I believe it was, <laughs> of 3-1 oh, leads uh, blown. Um, of course, PG... He said a couple of months ago that it's championship or bust for the Clippers. And then he said after the game, internally, the Clippers never felt it was championship or bust, uh, adding to his contradicting quotes. I know a lot of Lakers fans hate how he's gone back and forth from saying he was a Lakers fan when he grew up and a Clippers fan when he grew up, all that sort of stuff. It goes on and on, but let's, let's talk about it, right? Let's talk about the Clippers. So they come into the season... It was unbelievable. I still remember the week that I waited for Kawhi to make his decision. I was having nightmares about him signing with LeBron and AD at the Lakers. And then when the news dropped that he was getting Paul George over for a million picks, and when I heard that, I was so excited. I had the Clippers winning because Paul George's form of last season was top three MVP finalist, Kawhi Leonard, the finals MVP, 
and two-time finals MVP now. I thought this is the the depth they've got. The Lakers don't have that. It's going to happen. And what I was arguing with a Lakers friend of mine, he he was, you know, Lakers fans. They're all, <laughs> he was, all the same. He just, he, he just wouldn't have a bar of any logic I was trying to say. And all I, all I could say to him is, look, I still have the Clippers as one of the championship favorites for next season. And I know you don't, you're not very fond of the Clippers, but please level with me and everyone's going to level. And this is the reason why it's such a big deal. They do have a championship contending Without a doubt. squad. Without a doubt. And I was like, all right, with the amount of games Paul George and especially Kawhi take off, this is, this is not too much to worry about. You know, we saw Kawhi historically in the playoffs. He's, he turns it on basically and he cares. So I thought it's going to come together. And I thought, especially 3-1 up against the Nuggets, it was happening in one way or another, even though they never looked like the blasting favorite that they had the potential to be. They're still getting the 3-1 lead and cruising and stuff like that. The good teams win the ugly games and that's what they were doing. They are just grinding it out. And now that it's all come to here, here we are, and they blew that 3-1 lead against a team that has, yes, Jokic and Murray, but they, it's, not, it's not LeBron, it's not AD, it's not Kyrie, KD. It's Jokic and Murray, your Kawhi, PG, and all your depth. Two six-men of the year uh, winners. Um, Marcus Morris has been decent. This is not acceptable by the Clippers. That was atrocious. It was just, there's everyone to blame. Doc, uh, Lou Will, Montrez. Everything, all the planning, all the approach, all season. And they're going to come out, you know, they're going to play a bit more, a few more games, I'm sure, next season. Kawhi, what the hell is Kawhi doing in that in that second half and PG in the second half? It's no free throws, I believe it was, in, in the fourth quarter or even beyond. Like I said, everything that could go wrong did go wrong. Like It was just the shots they were taking was just unusual. Like there was one where Kawhi, it was towards the end of the fourth quarter, um, and he drove in, sort of did like an early Euro 7, tried to put up a floater and airballed yep. it. I've never seen him take that shot before. Um, there wasn't any ball movement. I th- who was it that I'm just having it? I think it would might have been Green potentially was the only one that looked like they were actually trying to yep. Like Yeah, it was him, um, yeah. Jermichael Green, he was just... He was the only one pushing it. Uh, Montrez Harrell put in 20, but he sort of just looked lost offensively despite him scoring. Um, and don't get me started on his defense. But there was just <laughs> no adjustment by Doc Rivers. The players didn't move off the ball. They didn't even move with the ball. It was just ISO after ISO, which worked so well into the hands of Denver, who would then go down the floor, get it to Jokic, have everyone you know, cutting then have a two-man game between Jokic and Murray. And that, as we know, that's quite unstoppable at the moment. I'm, I'm lost for words because no one expected that to happen, to lose three games in a row, to blow three double-digit leads, to capitulate in the second half of games six and seven. Yeah, we don't want to disregard, um, you know, the Nuggets. And they were amazing in those last three games. But as I keep saying, this team and the, the caliber of players that the Clippers have um, just not good enough, like beyond not good enough, ridiculously uh, disappointing. So back to Kawhi's uh, accountability. I know you have brought up and a lot of people have brought up that Kawhi needs to cop it, you know, his accountability. And I'm not going to defend Kawhi, but let me just say that 
the reason why he doesn't cop it as much as LeBron or Giannis is last week I brought it up. After Giannis hit those threes against the Lakers this season, he put the crown on his head, said, I run this shit. He's got that puffing the nostrils mentality. LeBron's Instagram name and his name in general, King James. And yes, it's warranted for both those guys and and a few more, even like Embiid or Jimmy Butler. So many of pretty much all the superstars apart from Kawhi, uh, maybe not AD actually. AD is not in that same category. They all claim and talk they talk and talk 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 about themselves and pump themselves up of course when you fail you're going to get absolutely slammed and yes Kawhi needs to get get slammed but if you want me to give you the answer for the question I know you and so many people are asking is why doesn't he get um so heavily criticized it's that reason because he doesn't come on the court you know Chef's chest puffed out. He doesn't act like he's some top shit. He just basically goes out. And from what I can tell, he just sort of wants to win. He just goes about his business. It's just basketball to him. You know what I'm saying? He's just... I get what you're saying. I, I would agree with that. I would completely... I'd go out and say that myself. He doesn't talk and doesn't get criticized for... If, if you're going to talk to talk, you got to walk the walk. And because he doesn't talk the talk, whatever happens on the court, sort of everyone sort of forgets in a way. But... I just couldn't believe all season that everyone's trying to crown him as the new best player in the league and LeBron's too old and all this. But Kawhi's resume is just so small compared to the other best players in the league. Like you've got, I know I'll keep saying LeBron, but you've got, we know what he's done. Steph Curry's got two MVPs and three championships. KD, despite joining the Warriors, was in his prime, even before joining the Warriors, was so much better than what Kawhi is now. And I don't, I just, Everyone talks about how Kawhi's got the two finals MVPs, but the first one, yeah, he was the best players on that Spurs team, but he was nowhere near best player in the league or anything like that. I don't even think he was an all-star that year. He averaged mm. something like 18 points per game in the finals, but it was mainly his defense and everything else was going. Before game six of that series, there was about four guys that could have won finals MVP. So that was such a team, a collaborative team effort. Kawhi shouldn't get praised for being the finals MVP because that doesn't have the weight that a LeBron 2016 finals MVP does. And then he's only had the the playoff series with Toronto was incredible and historic. Prior to that, he had the 67 win season with the San Antonio Spurs. But what else has he done? And I just don't get why he's so hyped. And, and maybe it is because he doesn't talk and he's kind of mysterious in this way where we don't really know much about him. But he doesn't have the, like, the resume to to be in this upper tier. He's done it. He's done it the best level once he single handedly carried the Raptors to a championship. Actually, no, the, the championship was a team effort. He was outplayed by Steph Curry in that series. He single handedly carried them to the win against Philadelphia, but that's about it. And also he was good against the Bucs. Oh, he, he was their best player without a doubt, but he joined a 60 win team where they replaced DeRozan with him. Of course, they're going to be a good team. It's not, yeah, yeah, and they yeah. were a good team once he's gone, but for some reason everyone thinks it was Kawhi with a bunch of scrubs when it was a sixty-win team before him, and it was a sixty-win team up without him. So, with what you just said before, the top tier, LeBron, KD, yeah. Do you put Kawhi in that tier third? It's a tough one because you sort of, when I do this, you hold weight for the last like 
three or four seasons, which I know you probably shouldn't do. Um, mm. if I'm if I had to start a team next season for one season only, I would take LeBron. I would, depending on how if they're all healthy, I'd take Steph Curry. I'd take AD before Kawhi. So, I'd, mm-hmm. so he's is, at least this is positionless. Yeah, positionless. You're talking. Yeah, he's at least fourth in my mind. I know, yeah, I know you put uh, Steph up there. I, I get, I get what you're saying. I guess everyone's sort of got the different opinions. I just put, I and I totally absorb everything you just said. Um, I just think that coming off of last uh, season, and yes, I know if the if KD and Clay hadn't gone down, the Warriors still win the championship. But I look at last playoffs as a whole, and especially in the the Eastern Conference series, us and Bucks. Uh, Siakam was nowhere to be found. Van Fleet mainly came alive in the basically the finals and just before the finals. And Kawhi was just so good before. And and because he plays both sides of the ball um, so well when he's trying basically his best, he's unstoppable on both sides of the ball when he's when he wants it. Um, and that's why. And that's the thing. That's why I always talk about how I don't have Steph and players like that in that top top tier because of the both sides of the ball but we've seen that Steph lead the best team in the NBA to championships we've seen him with the 2016 Warriors where they lost in the finals or had the best regular season ever you can hide on defense you can get a good team and play a five-man defense and hide your weakest link whereas if you're the best player in the world you can play a one-on-five offense and still score and that's the difference so yeah, it's good yeah. to be able to, to be good on both sides of the ball, but it's not critical to be elite an elite defender to be the best player in the world because if you've got a team where players can defend multiple positions, you can easily hide, and it's not damaging at all. Um, we don't want to dive too much into Cly- uh, Kawhi versus Steph argument, but just a rebuttal of that: Cavs Warriors, LeBron, they just kept getting Steph to switch on to and guard LeBron. It's unfortunately, it sort of can can work out like that, and and Steph's shortcomings, just to stab in points, yeah, seventy three and nine, but in the finals, it sort of, you know what I'm sort of saying. You can make that argument against against Kawhi in the 2013 finals. I know he's a lot younger than he wasn't in the upper echelon of the league, but players are going to get their own anyway, and yeah, the Cavs try to. They tried to target Curry whenever they could, but the Warriors still won these championships and the Cavs only came away with one. Anyway, we can keep going on and on. It isn't about Steph and Kawhi, but end of the day, Kawhi and AD, like AD in this bubble, I think before the playoffs started, I'd be horrified if it was even during the playoffs. Um, in the bubble this season, he's had single digit games, AD. and Yeah. Because they don't talk too much, Kawhi and AD, this is why they don't cop it as much. For anyone that's looking for that answer, that's all I can say, basically. But Kawhi needs to cop it. Kawhi needs to be pushed next season by Doc Rivers or who knows, someone else um, in the playoffs and during the regular season as well. They've got to find the chemistry before the playoffs. Montrez Harrell is a free agent at the end of this season. Um, Paul George and Kawhi only have one year left on their contract. Um, so I don't know if you've got any thoughts, but yeah, the Clippers are coming into a, a bit of a pressure cooker, like starting from now. Yeah. Um, 
I don't know what they're going to do this off season, but I think they do need to make a few moves despite if they ran it back, I would say, you know, they're probably the second favorite for the championship. But as we saw defensively, they're not, we thought they were going to be superstars defensively because they've got PG and Kawhi, but Montrez is that bad of a defender. It sort of negates what they do. And so is Lou Williams. Um, so I wouldn't be surprised if they don't re-sign Harrell um, and if they can try and get him in for a defender that will protect the rim. Don't know really who's available at this stage yet, but I think you need a vocal defender and someone that's going to hold their players accountable because that's what we sort of saw with this Clippers team is that there was no accountability there. There was frustration between the players. We saw Montrez and PG go at each other a bit. Um, and especially yeah. when your best player, Kawhi, isn't vocal, which we've been sport talking about you know you need that he leads from the front in terms of how he plays but you need someone that's going to fire up the team someone like a Marcus Smart or a Kyle Lowry or something like that that are going to put their body on the line but also be the vocal one yeah Doc Rivers will talk during the timeouts but you need someone to pump the team up Um, and that's so important for team chemistry so they're the two things I know the Clippers will be looking for if they can't do that I'm sure they'll run it back and as we mentioned, there's still going to be a big chance for the for the championship in 2021 anyway. Yeah, it's going to be very interesting. Uh, we'll, we'll get to the Clippers, I guess, when the season sort of concludes. So that's it for them. The Nuggets move on to the conference finals. There's some other conference finals that began that day, the Eastern Conference Finals. And I hope your vocal cords are still pretty fresh because I'm sure you want to talk a lot about these Boston Celtics against the Miami Heat. In game one, the Heat won by three points, a very close one. Um, Game two, Heat took it again, another close one, uh, five-point deficit. And then in game three yesterday, the Celtics led wire to wire, I believe it was. And now it's 2-1. It all of a sudden is a series. Just quickly, I haven't got much to say. It's as close as I thought it would be. And it's all I can say is that if the Heat take the foot off the gas, they are what we all thought they might be coming into the season. Who knew that Kendrick Nunn and Duncan Robinson, Tyler Hero, were going to be the three uh, child children of Clay Thompson and Stephen Curry <laughs> and Allen Iverson. Uh... But... So anyway, so when they take the foot off the gas, they're they're like a C plus team instead of like a B plus team, and they sort of did in that in that game three. And Jimmy didn't stand up uh, to to consolidate them taking the foot off the gas. It's a very even series. Tell me what you're thinking. Well, like you said, when their foot's off the pedal, the Celtics can get out to the you know 15 point leads that they've done in every single game so far. But on the other hand, when this team's on, they're their best three-point shooting team available in the playoffs so far, or remaining, I should say. Um, they, yeah. they so rarely miss any open threes. So the Celtics' defense needs to stay honest. Um, and that's why, you know, we see the Celtics get to these leads, but a 15-point lead, it's not safe in today's NBA, but especially against this Miami team. Um, but in terms of my thoughts for the series, it's been close, but it's been frustrating for a Celtics fan um, to to be down 2 nothing after the first two games when both teams probably thought they should be up 2 nothing. Uh, the Celtics led for the majority of those first two games and blew big leads um, and were able to withstand a Miami comeback late in game three. They sort of left it too little too late. But it's been so interesting just to see the way the media portrays the NBA, 
you know, Boston's down 2 nothing despite leading for the majority of the games and everyone's saying, oh, we've got a sweep on our hands. Then Boston wins yeah. game three and it's, oh, the Celtics should still win this series. Um, <laughs> so who knows? But look, going by, I've got it down here that the Celtics have led for 75% of the series so far, Miami 20%, and it's been tied for five. So realistically, Boston's been playing better for the majority of the games. But as I said, Miami can get hot and those leads can evaporate so quickly. Um, but the Celtics have added Gordon Hayward back into the lineup coming back from his ankle sprain, which yeah, will, he was good. Which will help. I think he had the loudest 6.5 rebound, four assisted, three steal game ever. <laughs> he was in, he was everywhere. Um, yeah. But just his ability to shoot the ball, to pass the ball, to defend and to, and to rebound, when the Celtics sort of, their offense is stagnant or when Miami's pressing and running that zone that you love to talk about, there's just another player that can sort of get into the middle there or with his ball handling carve through. So that's a big bonus for the Celtics. On the other hand, Tyler Hero and Duncan Robinson are absolutely killing me and killing the Celtics. <laughs> I just, their improvement over the last year, I know Robinson's second year, he didn't do much in his first, but from the start of the season to the end of the season, Tyler Hero has just developed as a player so quickly he came in as a shooter. Now he's sort of added a driving, driving to the basket as part of his game, the mid-range game, the passing. He's just developing so quickly and he's just made this heat lineup so much deeper. Very interesting. We both sort of, of course you did, but I also picked Celtics to win this series and I know it's easy to say after they just won, but yeah, I'm not uh, backing down from that sort of pick. I think that, as I said before, Jimmy included, if they're not going to so – the the Heat are the last team left that they, they – you know, they only have sort of one sort of main guy. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Like Jimmy is the one. He's just singular one, whereas Jokic, Murray, LeBron, AD, all in different tiers, um, and Celtics have Kemba, Tatum, and Brown. The Heat are one-man star type thing. And if they're not going to turn it on as a team led by him, as I said, they drop down a level of how good they are. So I think, and I think it crept in in that in that third game and for big parts of game one and two that um, the Celtics three might be a bit too much. But when don't, the Heat... Don't sleep on Dragic and Adebayo though, because those two oh, yeah, have yeah. been absolutely dominating the Celtics and there's no real, the Celtics answered by putting smart on Dragic, but Adebayo is having his way with the Celtics at the moment and there is nothing they can do. So while I get what you're saying, the Butler is, he's their star and they've only got one star. Their supporting cast is elite. I don't think I've seen a supporting cast this good in a long time. That's right. This is why they're so deep in the playoffs. Um, yeah, and all credit to Dragic, especially for turning it on this uh, back half of the season, especially in the bubble. So we'll see what happens. The Miami have to, even in the finals, if they are to knock out Boston, they cannot lay down for one second. Like, you know, and Spolscher has been doing it. If the current five on the floor, if any one of those five isn't sort of firing, get in your, your hero instead of your Robinson or... Or get in your, you know, he hasn't playing Iguodala for second halves, uh, basically, and none has been not getting that many minutes because <clears throat> you need every piece of the puzzle to be working. 
So interesting to see where that one goes. Still got the Celtics, I assume. I said Celtics in six, um, and I'll be conservative now and say Celtics in seven. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it'll be scary. I tell you what, it will be scary if the Heat pick up the next game. I think you'll be shaking in Def- your boots. Definitely, I think game four is the game four is a difference maker. But I think if the Celtics come away with that, it's a three game series with Gordon Hayward back, and I'll take that. Um, yeah, but like I said, it's a Game four is the one. If Miami win that, I think it's probably time for Boston to start looking at packing their bags, you know, start organizing your clothes, but don't actually put them in. Um, as we've seen, three one deficits in the bubble aren't as big as they used to be, but still a pretty <laughs> big mountain to overcome. There is another series that's happening. Uh Lakers Denver. We'll we'll just briefly touch on this one. Today, A D, just a few hours ago, hit an amazing three to to win game two for the Lakers after Denver put up a good fight in game two. In game one, it wasn't much of a, a battle. The Lakers won that one 126 to 114, and I think there was some garbage time at the end. Yeah, that the scoreline um, score isn't as close as the game was. Or the scoreline's closer than the game was. Just, just quickly, I mean, I, again, back to the whole Lakers stuff. For me, it's just I've got the Lakers – Definitely winning the championship, like a hundred percent. Barring injury, you know, barring LeBron or AD injured, I think the Lakers, like today, are going to be too much for the for Denver. Even if Denver try and contest, AD or LeBron will do something to win it. And then in the next series, not saying that the Heat or Celtics are terrible or anything, but back to the tiers and the how many stars you got and all this sort of stuff and what matters in the playoffs, LeBron and AD. Uh, it's, it's hard to top those two. This is why I was so upset that the Clippers didn't make it through because, you know, give me a bad Clippers in game one and they have to wake up for game two against the Lakers. The, the Clippers turned it on against the Lakers every time they met this season. Yeah, they, um, they, those two went hard with each other. Um, but I think... I think people, I mean, the best way I saw this described, it was because everyone's like, well, why should we think the Clippers will put up more of a fight than the Nuggets when the Nuggets beat the Clippers? And it's like, well, matchups are a thing. And someone so simply described it as paper, scissors, rock, where paper beats rock, but rock beats scissors and scissors beats paper. Mm. And yeah, the Clippers were, the, the Nuggets were a matchup nightmare for the Clippers because of Jokic more or less. And then they'd focus so much on him and their coverage of the pick and roll that Murray would would be able to get hot as well. Whereas the Lakers and Clippers sort of match up quite evenly because the strength is at the wing position. I know AD is a big, but he sort of plays quite a lot of his minutes on the perimeter. Um, But that would have been a much closer series if our predictions are right. However... I sort of assumed game one would be a blowout anyway because I knew the Lakers, I, mean, I knew the Nuggets, sorry, would be gassed. They've played two seven game series in a row. They were exhausted. And I think game two is going to be more telling of what happens for the rest of this series because there was a bit of time for the Nuggets to rest, have a look at the matchup. Whereas, you know, the Lakers had a few, a few days to look at both teams, whereas the Nuggets were just focused on beating the Clippers. But as we saw today, this Denver team can get hot. They were down. 18, if my memory is correct, and came back and took the lead. I think people still underrate this Nuggets team. And if it wasn't for, you know, a quite miraculous AD3, and they'd already missed their game winner, 
They got the offensive yeah. rebound, missed another one, and then got the ball back and hit it. If it wasn't for that, everyone would be saying how Jokic was just incredible down the stretch and we've got a series on our hands. And I think it's like the Celtics-Miami series where, yeah, it's 2 nothing, but it's closer than it looks at the moment. I just want to I just want to get in and say that I wouldn't be saying that even if Jokic even if they got up AD doesn't hit that three I'd be coming on here um, and I like your paper scissors rock point but I I also sorry but I, <laughs> but I, I I reckon it's not even like that I just think simply once it comes down to it LeBron and AD hit those shots they carry teams in the, in the these type of players carry teams in the playoffs and. As good as Jokic and Murray are, I think it was more of a case of the Clippers were just playing like shit. They were just not good. They were not playing... Sorry, they were not playing good. I'm so happy for Denver to prove me wrong. I'm so happy for anyone to beat the Lakers. I really, really (laughs) am. If you actually follow my personal account on Twitter at the moment, which is at Big Nafe, my title, whatever you want to call it, my name is actually... I think it's Nuggets and Heat fan page because I hate the Celtics and I hate the Lakers. And yeah, I'm trying. I'm trying to wheel them to beat the Lakers, but it's not going to happen in my view. I still think I'm picking the Lakers and I think the Lakers in probably five or six. But I'm just saying the Nuggets can get hot and I think people underrate their defensive ability as well. They've got some long defenders there that can all switch and it's just enough to be able to clamp down players at times. And I think in the NBA, when the three-point shot's so valuable, you're going to see runs where teams get hot. And it's not enough for me to say the Nuggets going to win this series, but it's still a chance. And let me just like, like I know what you're saying, but just simply straight out, um, Nuggets at their defensive and offensive best against Lakers in their defensive and offensive best. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, but you've also got Dwight Howard yeah. right now making plays. You've got Rondo making plays. You've got Caruso making plays. You've got Kuzma making plays. Oh, yeah. If those players aren't doing that, then, you know, we've yeah. got a series. That's right. But the, they, like, everything would have to go wrong. Another sort of yeah, quick term definitely. saying. Definitely. Everything would have to go wrong. It, forget the injuries. All the Lakers role players would have to, you know, be terrible yeah. for LeBron and AD to not get them over the line. So anyway. But I don't know why we're talking about the West because we know the Celtics are going to beat Miami and then beat whoever comes out of the West <laughs> anyway. So Let's get on to a great segment we like to call. I think we're just leaving it as, as the random player debate. What do you reckon? Didn't you? I thought you named it something. Who you got? Yeah, I was, I was going to name it who you got and I guess if you, the listeners, think that's a much better name, we'll, we'll, we'll do that one. But. I don't know. Random player debate just sums it up. It's nice. <laughs> and we'll just go with that. Let's do it. So again, quick summary. I'm going to press randomize all the current NBA players. It's going to spit out one player for you, one player for me. And no matter who it is, you, and no matter what you believe, you got to try and tell me that your player is better than mine. And I'll do the same to you. I'm about to hit randomize. Are you ready? Let's do it. Let's do it. Randomize. I will have. Uh, Lowry Markkinen. <laughs> okay. Oh, man. Oh, man. No, he, he played well with Finland and, at the World Cup. No, I'm all manning at your one. Here we go. Jalen Brown. Thank you very much. <laughs> this is not fair. You you don't even have to bloody... No, I don't have to look at anything up. 
Oh, and Lowry Markkinen had such a bad season. That's right. You've had the last two wins, so I'll take this one. Thank you. So we'll have two arguments each sort of thing, or two yelling bloody... Yelling spurts. <laughs> right, each, each. All right. Lowry Markkinen. He's from Finland. He's... Not a lot of players come from Finland, make it all the way to the NBA. It's a, it's a long distance, JL, from Finland to the United States. Uh, not to mention Chicago, which is where he was drafted and played. He was drafted by wears, Minnesota, actually, and traded because the team didn't want him. Well, <laughs> I knew that, and I was testing your knowledge, and you know that because he's such a good player. It's, it's, it's household knowledge that he was traded on draft night because... He's such a great player. Anyway, he was a rookie in 17-18, and he was all-rookie first team. May I, may I remind you, he averaged 15 points in that season and a beautiful three-point percentage of 36% on an average of six attempts a game as a rookie. And also, not to mention, he is seven foot tall. So he's a seven-footer, and he shoots the three ball at 36 Percent at a thirty-six percent clip, rounded up to sixty. <laughs> Your favorite. Uh, <laughs> you know, um, that's all well and good. He he had a he had a great first season. Then what you, happened? You just Dave? go. No, then what happened? You, <laughs> you tell me. You look at his stats. Well, and you tell me what well, happened. If I must be honest, because I I feel like letting you in. Um, I didn't even know he played three seasons. <laughs> I thought he was only had two seasons. That's how bad he's been. So, oh, hold on. The season after that in 1819, he went up to 18 points per game. Beautiful stuff. And I don't feel like mentioning this season what he'd done. So in the NBA, all about improvement and developing players, he dropped his points per game by 4%. His rebounds by three rebounds a game. His field goal percentage has dropped every single year he's been in the league. His three-point percentage that you were absolutely loving has dropped every year he's been <laughs> in the league. He doesn't do all that much. He doesn't pass the ball. He's not a good defender. Yeah, he's been scoring. He had a good scoring year once in his career so far. He hasn't done all that much. Unlike my boy, my favorite player in the league, Jalen Brown, <laughs> who has steadily improved. His third year was a bit down because we had Kyrie Irving ruining the team. But this season, let's go for an hour, JL. This season came down <laughs> and averaged twenty points per game. Elite defense, six rebounds, two assists, a steal. He's been playing on playoff teams his whole career, averaging over twenty points per game in the playoffs. There's a no contest, and he's just an incredible human being off the court. His activism is just so prevalent. He's so well spoken. The players love him. The team loves him, and he's better than Larry Markkinen. Well, I don't Jack. <laughs> <laughs> um Lowry Markinen has a nickname. His nickname is the finisher with two ends because he's Finnish. <laughs> that that's what I'm doing with you at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's all I've got. Like I'm not even gonna lie. Um his effective field goal percentage is He's got an effective field goal percentage of 51.3. That's higher than Harrison Barnes. <laughs> um, <laughs> That's how you're going to win your arguments, is it? Um, you've, got, you've got one thing, and it's a white flag conceding defeat at the moment. That's This is a terrible uh, random player spit out. I'll be uh, looking at the algorithms of our <laughs> little machine here. 
Uh, you got anything else to finish me off? Well, you just mentioned his effective field goal percentage and Jalen's got a higher one for his career and for this season. So that was your one argument and it's invalid. <laughs> What's Jalen Brown's uh, nicknames? He goes by Juice occasionally, which I don't really understand. Um, mm, on, not as good as the finisher. On Basel reference, you've got JB and Old Man. Ah, oh, these are terrible. Oh. You're going down here, JL. <laughs> yeah, just I, I would stop saying. Hang on, I've got one more for you because it's going to just probably give you the win. But I just need to Google what it stands for because it's so bad. So Jalen's Twitter handle is FCHWPO, which stands oh, yeah, for I always hate that. Faith, consistency, hard work pays off. Oh. <laughs> I don't know what's that about, but on everything else. Jalen is ahead of Lowry, <laughs> except maybe in the nickname department. That was actually a great. Uh, that was a great ending, to be honest. For me, I didn't see it going that that well. I've got to give you a um, few points. Uh, you, you, the audience, tell us on our socials who you think won that debate. A guy who's done a bunch of good stuff on the court and protests and stuff <laughs> like that, or a guy with a nick, a single nickname. The finisher compared to Juice and Old Man, did you say? Old and man. Well, every time I look at his Instagram name, Schwapo or whatever, <laughs> that's that's what I say. Uh, you tell us, uh, listeners, and uh, we'll let you know. Uh, JL, that wraps it up for this week. I'll, uh, I guess, I'll speak to you when the Lakers are halfway, when they've got one hand on the trophy. We'll only be talking if the Celtics are winning, so just keep that in mind. <laughs> All right, I'll talk to you next week. Thanks, JL. Catch you later. Thanks for listening to the Bronx Cheer Basketball Show. Don't forget to check us out on social media. We not only post about the podcast, but we're always posting up-to-date NBA updates and highlights and all those type of things. We're also on every podcast app, so whatever that button is on your podcast app of choice, whether it's follow, subscribe, or whatever, please hit it. It really helps the show and if you are listening on apple podcasts or itunes it really helps if you can leave a review and a five-star rating we're going to continue to upload every tuesday australian time which is every monday u.s time so stay tuned on the pages and we'll talk to you next week